2: Welcome to the middle of the week here on Fantasy Sports Day on Sports Grade. Craig Mitch, Davis, Maddock, two hours fantasy sports talk, wagering sports talk as We had uh, somewhat of an exciting day yesterday. We had a lot of sports going on. We had the match, of course, as Chris discussed. We also had the NBA. We had some exciting finishes in Major League Baseball. And Davis, we had a really big surprise, which doesn't happen a lot in sports. But it just goes to show you with a thing that I I spoke about a couple of weeks ago. I just never believe that a player, in terms of injury, is going to be out as long as they say he is. Now, I know that there are exceptions to the rule. But we saw that injury to Giannis. We thought that he'd be out maybe for the entire postseason. postseason. This guy comes back and just plays like right away. Now, it didn't give them the win, but I think that if you back the Bucs, and of course you take the L yesterday, you have to be a little bit optimistic that the Bucs are still in this thing and have a chance.
3: Yeah, and you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about the futures and everything for this series in our next segment, but I I agree with you. You know, I think the fact that Giannis looked relatively spry, I mean, you could tell – his knees were not hundred percent in this game. Like you look at how Giannis moved a month ago and look at how Giannis moved in game one against the suns, not exactly the same, but Giannis is such a tremendous athlete and such a great basketball player that even playing on a bum knee. So, I mean, certainly you would rather have Giannis in there on a bum knee than giving Bobby Portis 38 minutes against the suns. And, you know, again, credit to Chris Paul he is taking advantage of every moment that they have out there but we're, we're gonna get more into that but it was it was a great game last night uh so I, I really enjoyed it
2: yeah good to have uh, all the stars playing for sure let's get to our headlines here on the show for the 7th of July 2021 Giannis returns he was doubtful then questionable then played, in the Suns take game one regardless 118-105 we'll talk about how that happened yesterday was the Second version of the match, dare I say, it was not nearly as fun as the first, but Bryson Deschambeau and Aaron Rodgers ended up beating Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady in that thing. Uh, a little bit of a dud for me. I, I tuned out of it uh, pretty quickly. Hey, the uh, Phillies jumped all over Jake Arietta yesterday. There are a lot that are speculating that Arietta is done. The Cubs have lost 11 games in a row. And Jake, the former Cy Young Award winner, gave up seven earned runs in an inning in two thirds. It has been a rough go for him this season, no doubt. Uh, my, Miami Marlins last night ended up beating the Dodgers on a wild pitch in extra innings with two outs and a runner on second, Davis. A pitch goes in to Will Smith. It's a wild pitch. Will Smith holds the ball. And the pitcher throws the next pitch. It's probably game over, Davis. probably game over at that point. But Will Smith decides to try and get Starling Marte out at third. The ball goes by. Marte comes around the score. A little bit of a, unfortunately for Will Smith, a moment he's going to look back on and not want to see that highlight. I don't understand what they were doing there. Uh, But regardless, the story, of course, in the NBA last night was uh, the Phoenix Suns. And and the big story, really, from the Suns, it just looks like they're going to get all of these contributors, whether it's Chris Paul or Aiton or somebody else. And uh, Paul talked about just how everybody on the Suns is working together to get that game one win.
4: I think that's the way that we play. Um, Book got it going. I think Book had 12 in the first quarter. And that's just the way our team is. Um, It's not just one guy that we depend on. You know, Kale could get going. Jay might be hot. Uh, DA might have it going. And we just feed off of each other. And it's sort of just all game long, this guy, that guy. And we just try to find a way to win and that's a different
2: recipe davis from what we've seen with past nba finals and really the past probably 10 years of nba finals like like we've talked about this with stars you could always point to one guy or two or maybe even three that step up but phoenix feels like they are deeper in that sense but the other thing that it also i think should tell people is that even though the Bucs lost that game yesterday, all it re- would require is one of the stars on the Bucks to have a huge game, and they could clearly beat Phoenix. I thought Phoenix played well, Davis. I watched most of the game, but I did not feel that uh, the Bucks are have like this insurmountable task. I think we're in for a good series here.
3: No, I. I feel I feel the exact same way that you do. You know, I I think that this is a closely contested series. I mean, the fact that Chris Paul was so phenomenal, it's it's going to be it's going to be very hard to beat the Suns when Chris Paul, you know, shoots 60% from the floor, makes all of his free throws and I've been I've been harping on this, Deandre Ayton. I mean, Deandre Ayton absolutely did his job to a tee, eight for 10 from the floor made all of his free throws and he absolutely made the bucks pay for playing small 19 rebounds including 17 defensive rebounds so all those minutes where Bobby Portis was playing center even those minutes where Giannis was playing center right so in the first quarter for eight minutes they just said screw it we're going Giannis you're playing the five you got to go in there and bang against Aiton he didn't get any rebounds, right? He went, he went, he didn't miss a shot. He had eight, he had eight points on four shots, but he didn't get any rebounds. So, so they're not ending possessions as easily. They're not getting to offensive rebounds as easily. So I, I think Ayton was huge in that game. And if Aiton, if, if two of the three studs play well for the Suns, and then Drew Holiday has a bad game, like he did last night, four for 14 from the floor, 10 points. Mm. I mean, I, I think probably the, the Bucks will lose those games.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a fun series for sure. But the interesting part of this is that FanDuel has so many different options on the series as we go, which include the series odds, the amount of total games in the series. So we're going to dive into that next. But bottom line is this. How in the world did Giannis go from that injury that we saw last week to now playing in game one of the NBA Finals? We'll hear from him coming up. We'll also hear from DeAndre Ayton talking about the difference in the game, what he thought the difference in the game was yesterday. Our continuation of fantasy football previews continue with Washington, and we'll be back here on Fantasy Sports today in just two minutes. Stay on the grid. in one of the 2021 NBA Finals. And a big story in that game actually happened with about uh, two hours to go, where we were on the show yesterday, and we had Giannis not playing in doubtful. Then he moved to questionable, and then FanDuel adjusted their odds by about two or three points when it was announced that Giannis was going to try and play in the game. And he came up big yesterday for them, 20 points, 17 rebounds. Played 35 minutes. I mean, a guy like that on a tough knee you would expect to play maybe 5, 10 minutes. This guy played almost the entire game. And uh, and he was basically asked specifically about how he's feeling and how he will be feeling moving forward.
3: For sure. You know, hopefully I can predict the future. Um, hopefully I feel better. And, uh, you know, as we move forward, I feel better. And uh, as a team, we can, you know, we can uh, get one out of Phoenix. Uh, But as I said, I can't predict the the future. I might wake up tomorrow. My knee might be swollen up. I don't know. But I'm good now. Uh, Hopefully, I wake up tomorrow. I'm good. Hopefully, I wake up two
2: days from now and I feel good. And hopefully, we can go out there and compete. All right, Davis. So, let me get your assessment on Giannis before we move on from him. Uh, Look, I, I think that him just being on the court was a W for Milwaukee and if somehow the bucks can take as he said a game in phoenix the series of course completely changes but i got to tell you if he gets healthy and even if they don't win a game in phoenix they're going to go back to milwaukee and if you think the series is over you're crazy milwaukee davis is going to be favored on their home court in game 3 no matter what happens in game 2 so this is just a huge development that happened late yesterday
3: well, if Giannis does what Kevin Durant did, which was come back for the NBA Finals and then immediately re-injures himself, which, by the way, I could not get out of my head watching this game last night. You, know, I really could not get that image of. Kev- I mean. The Kevin Durant Achilles stare was, like, brutal to watch. And, you know, I hope that we never see anything like that with a, a great – I mean, any player, really, not just a great player, getting injured on such a national stage. But I, I do think we are running some re-injury risk with Giannis here, and I think that is filtering into the future's odds that we are going to talk about here in a little bit. You are right, though. I mean, they could get blown out in Game 2 um, tomorrow night, and then they'll go back to Milwaukee, and Milwaukee will be, like, a two-point favorite – Almost regardless. Uh the future's odds are bent a little bit more uh in in the shape of the Suns, which, you know, again, I think is related to Giannis's injury. But well, I mean, watching the game last night, Craig, did you feel like, oh, you know, the Suns are way better? Like they're like even with Giannis only taking eleven shots last night, I think as a result of the injury, I still felt like these are these are close games. Like these are gonna be close games regardless.
2: Yeah, I I don't think the final score indicated the the, out, the outcome of the game. I, I watched thinking that Milwaukee has a chance. I mean, that's kind of the way that I saw it. And you're right, Holiday did not have a good game, but I mean, more so along the lines of, I think in terms of odds, and I thought, okay, I mean, Phoenix probably is going to win the next one, but they're going to go back to Milwaukee. And I could see them easily winning the next two games of Milwaukee and then this thing being tied up at two. But look, one of the big X factors in the previous series for Phoenix and now in this series, of course, as they play in the NBA Finals, has been former uh, first-round pick DeAndre Ayton, who we've been talking about a lot over the last couple of weeks. And one of the keys for Ayton has been grabbing a lot of rebounds, and he had a bunch of them again yesterday. And he's just become a huge force and talked about how he's getting those boards after the game last night.
4: I mean, them dudes is big dudes, man. Um, You know, that's where we really get the offense going, especially. Uh, You know, just try to – clean up some of that stuff so we can get on the run and give ourselves some momentum as well. And, you know, I try my best. And, you know, guys like Jay Crowder and T. Craig, you know, coming in there, just getting some tips or, you know, boxing guys like P.J. Tucker to not, like, really strap it on my hand when I get the board.
2: Davis, I think that that is is very important. I know that you've talked about that a lot, just playing big versus playing small. But I think that Aiton now provides a big – That changes the dynamic. And as I think you've talked about, if Aiton continues to play like this, it does change a lot of the analysis moving forward. And by the way, we'll get into the future's odds as well. It may change the opinion on maybe best player in this NBA Finals. Again, if he plays the way that he did last night.
3: Yeah, I mean it it changes a lot of things for the Suns and their future. But I mean, let's let's relitigate this 2018 NBA draft. Everyone says, oh, the Suns are so stupid. We can't believe they would take eight and overall. Luka Doncic is in that draft. Jaron Jackson Jr. is in that draft. Trey Young is in that draft. I mean, even guys, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Michael Porter Jr., guys who have gone on to have really great NBA careers. Um, you know, if we're if we're looking at Win shares, uh, poor 48, or any of those advanced metrics. Obviously, Luka Doncic. I mean, Luka Doncic is an MVP candidate. He's an incredible player. And teams that don't have Luka are going to feel bad about it, but... You know, Ayton versus Trey Young. I mean, Trey Young had a chance to make the NBA finals. He rolled his ankle. I'm not going not gonna to blame him mm-hmm. for it. But DeAndre Ayton, NBA finals before Trey Young. Don't think, uh, I think you could have made a lot of money on that one back in 2018 <laughs> if you said, okay, lay me, lay me. DeAndre Ayton makes the finals before Trey Young. I bet you could have got four to one on that. But you also probably could have got uh, five to one. Trey Young makes the conference finals before Luka Doncic. But I, I just have been extremely impressed throughout the course of the postseason with DeAndre Ayton. And I feel like, because he's not a flashy guy, he's not going to be making big dunks or scoring 50 points. Like, I feel like he's the type of guy who gets underappreciated. So I've really wanted uh, to mention him a lot on the show.
2: Yeah, and a good interview, too. I had a lot of thoughtful things to say yesterday after the game. Uh, okay, let's roll through these odds here on, on FanDuel for the remainder of the series, however long it is. No surprise here. After you win game one, FanDuel has to protect themselves here, so the Suns are a massive favorite. It's it's the way it's got to be. It's minus two ninety, and of course this will jump up to like minus four hundred if they win Game Two. The Bucks are plus two fifty, so that's where we stand for the NBA Finals odds, Davis. And um, let me let you know. What, let's move on to the second part here because I think that's pretty cut and dry. Uh, here is here are the odds for series total games and then you can tell me if if you would take the bucks 250 on the series. But uh, series total games, we have four games, uh, being a sweep for Phoenix. It's the only way it could be, clearly, at this point. Plus 550. Five-game series, you can still get two to one. Six-game series, you get plus 230. And then seven games, which is definitely very much in play, is plus 200. So, Davis, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just scratch off five games at plus 200 and probably – well, I don't know if I'd scratch off – a, a sweep because if Phoenix wins, that that's some value there. I'm going to get rid of five games. I think everything else is in play. Uh,
3: I mean, doesn't it feel like seven games is the right wager? I I no way is there four games, and I I got to think the Bucks win more than one game. And maybe I am overrating the Bucks. Maybe I am overrating Mike Budenholzer, who, by the way, you know I've I've kind of waffled back and forth on him a little bit this year. You I mean have- for For four minutes at the end of the first quarter, Craig, he played Bryn Forbes and Jeff Teague together in an NBA Finals game. You can't do that. Like, you just – it's not – this is not the time to be getting creative with your rotations. This is not the time to try new things. We need 40 minutes of Middleton. We need 40 minutes of Drew Holiday. We need 40 minutes of Giannis. And we need, I mean, at least 30 minutes of Pat Connaughton and probably 15 minutes of Bobby Portis. We we just – we don't need to see Jeff Teague. We just we can't have it here. But I'm gonna say most likely outcome for me seven games.
2: Okay, uh, NBA Finals odds. I guess Davis. The question is: Is it if Phoenix wins? Can anybody but Chris Paul win? Can you make the case for Aiton minus one forty for for Paul Booker's plus five fifty? If Milwaukee wins, you got Giannis at five to one and Middleton seven to one. Any thoughts there?
3: I would say if you want to bet the Suns to win, just bet Chris Paul to win MVP and if you want to bet the Bucks to win, just bet Giannis or Middleton cuz you get better odds, 5 to 1, 7 to 1. That's that's the direction yeah. I would head there.
2: Yeah, I mean think about it. If you feel Davis that the Sun that if the Suns win, that Chris Paul is the MVP, then why would you bet the Suns minus -290? Just take Paul to win the MVP odds, bet the same amount of money and then you have better odds there, 140 to win 100. All right, coming up next, we got afternoon baseball getting ready to start. We got Braves and Pirates in about 15 minutes. We'll preview that one. Also, Tony LaRusso talks about losing Yasmani Grandal. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to fantasy sports today here on sports Grid and sports Grid.com. craig mish and davis Maddock. we got good news baseball in the afternoon ironically davis no baseball in the afternoon on july 4th i don't know how that happened but they are playing afternoon baseball of course today i was up very late last night watching the marlins and dodgers almost five hours for a one-one game that ended two to one but regardless of that Let's get to afternoon baseball here, Davis, and touch on the Braves and Pirates. Now, of course, the Braves are not playing well this season, to say the least. It has been a dis- they've been a pretty big disappointment. They're under 500, and we know who the Pirates are. Atlanta is laying minus 142 on the money line, so that's minus 140 dollars to win 100. Pittsburgh, you bet 100 bucks, you bet you get back 120. The total is nine and a half. That's interesting for me. Drew Smiley, Davis has pitched very well in the last month. He sort of turned it back a little bit to what they thought he would be. He was very rough in April and May. June, much better. Will Crow is sort of a pitcher that's been uh, tossed away and been on a couple of different teams. But the total seems high to me, nine and a half. Davis, the Braves are not scoring. I I know the Braves have put up a 20, but they have not been scoring runs recently, and the Pirates haven't either. So I guess that's kind of optimistic hanging an under nine and a half on will crow but i don't know like a, an afternoon game braves lineup has jonathan Lucroy in it today i don't know I, i'm feeling like this is a three to one two to one
3: you know that's funny you that jonathan Lucroy is here he was uh he was on one of my first teams that i ever won a tournament in for for mlb dfs on fanduel jonathan Lucroy, i believe That was back when he was playing for the Brewers, but he's he's played on a bunch of different teams. Uh he uh he's one of those guys who probably uh doesn't golf because if if he was a golfer, he would have just retired already and and been spending his (laughs) his twilight years golfing. Like I think I think someone needs to introduce Jonathan Lucroy to golfing because there is no reason for him to still be catching for major league teams at this point. I think he's 38 years old, you know, crouching. Down. I mean, just imagine, imagine being a 38 year old catcher, someone, someone by Jonathan Luke some clubs. So we, we need to get there. So Will Crow, I, uh, I, I think nine and a half year, Lucroy, Roy, Guillermo Heredia. I don't care. I think we got to be on the over here because Will Crow <laughs> has a 5.8 fielding independent pitching, smiley honestly you're right he's been better but i mean come on we we all know smiley has a home run sitting there in him like that's just what he does and i love drew smiley i was telling you all preseason believe we got to draft him he's sitting there with a six and a half era and i said craig we're gonna bet on him tonight but i mean look i i'm honest about who he is I, i think i like the over nine and a half here i also think this is a reasonable spot to bet the braves i mean the uh, I can't even believe I'm about to say this sentence. This isn't even the full Pirates lineup. This isn't even the, like we we have the backup Braves lineup, but we also have the backup Pirates lineup with with John Nagowski, Wilmer Defoe, Jared Olivia. I mean we we have reached the part of the season where when I go to go check lineups, I'm having to I'm having to fan graphs guys because I've literally never heard of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the time of the year, too, when, when I'm picking up all these guys in the NL League because they're playing. Nagowski, the Cardinals, just cut two days ago, so he's on the Pirates today. Um, yeah, so it, it's uh, it's an interesting game for sure for Pittsburgh. They've played well against the better teams. I don't understand why that's happened, but that kind of is the nature of the game. The Chicago White Sox uh, DFA'd Adam Eaton today. Interesting. They gave him a bunch of money at the beginning of the season Um And he is no longer there. They're at the Twins today, 110 Eastern. And the White Sox are minus 125 on the money line. Uh, Twins are plus 108. They've activated Michael Pineda for the start today. Lance Lynn, ah, a little bit up and down for the White Sox, that's for sure. The total is eight and a half. And one player we know that's not going to be in the White Sox lineup is the guy who's been amazing at getting on base this season, basically better than anybody else in baseball. Though he's hitting like a buck eighty. Catcher Yasmani Grandal, good offensive player, good defensive catcher, but is going to be out four to six weeks. Tony Larusa talked about losing his catcher yesterday.
0: Um, if we want to add frustrated and discouraged and like we've been unlucky, then we're going to lose an edge. Uh, you know, we remind ourselves: you look around, we're playing. Minnesota, they don't have Buxton. I mean, everybody's getting hurt. So <clears throat> that's how you handle it. And the uh, games count. I mean, it's the same thing I said before. Games count. Somebody's going to play in a place. We worried more about and He was as productive as anybody position player we had here for the last month or so. So it's just a tough, tough break for us. Uh, tougher for him. But you know, we saw. Um, Sevi in the spring training, I saw for the first time. He's well known. He'll do a good job.
2: Sevi Savala is going to be the catcher for the White Sox, Davis. Of course, they do not have Lewis Robert. They do not have Eloy Jimenez. And that's kind of the direction that people are going with this. But the White Sox are still six games over 500. Twins have, have come back a little bit into it, but they feel like sellers. Coming up in a couple of weeks, Donaldson's name is is pretty much out there. We'll see if Nelson Cruz gets moved too. Uh, one game scenario though: White Sox at the Twins. Davis, today, who do you like?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I like I like the White Sox. You know, Grandal, no Grandal, Pineda, not Pineda is weirdly enough a guy I prefer using in DFS, and but I don't love betting on him because when Pineda goes bad. You're not gonna win anyways. Like you're like if if Pineda gets you you know six Fanduel points, you're not gonna win anyways. But when you're betting on Pineda, when he gives up five home runs in a start, which by the way, you think I'd be making something like that up? No. When Pineda is bad, the balls are just flying out of the park because it means his fastball is not moving at all, and he just throws it in there at the top of the zone, and guys are smoking it. Uh, so I I like the White Sox. I did want to make a note about the Yasmani Grandal injury. Uh so they they do have this fella, Sebi, Sebi, I'm not I'm not even Zavala. gonna go for this last yeah. name, but there we go. Zach Collins is actually like a legit power prospect. Um, like he was a guy with like a 230 mm-hmm. ISO in the minor leagues, and he is he has mostly been bad as a major league baseball player this season. He has um, 141 plate appearances, three home runs, two thirty-six batting average, 32% K rate, but just guys like that who flash a ton of power and minors, and then they get everyday playing time. That is like it's a it's Zach Collins is a little bit interesting to me um, for for fantasy baseball moving forward because he should play every day and get a better lineup spot.
2: And they and I, I'm, I'm sure you saw this last week, but they sent down the Yerminator. They sent Yerman uh, Mercedes down to the minor leagues. He's had a really rough go of it in June and, uh, and into July, and he wasn't catching. So he's down, too. White Sox have just been churning guys and still somehow in first place. So, yeah, Collins went to the University of Miami, very familiar with him, former first-round pick. But you're right. To this point, has, has look, they, they thought so much of Zach Collins, Davis, that they signed Graud Dahl to all this money. So, I mean, kind of tells you a little bit. what Maybe a DH, though, right. what they think about him. Uh, okay, yeah. Red Sox and Angels. Boston, of course, one of the best records in baseball. They're minus 132 on the money line today. Angels are plus 112. Total is nine. I haven't checked to see that lineup yet. It's the only one I haven't looked at. Eduardo Rodriguez and Andrew Heaney. So this is the battle of lefties today. The Angels, uh, Davis's Angels, have jumped back into it a little bit. They had a really good June, so they creeped above five hundred here, but they're kind of creeping back the other way now a little bit. I'm not really sure which way this is going to go. So, uh, unfortunately, I have not looked at lineups today or anything, Davis, with this game. Maybe that would tell me more as to what I want to do today.
3: I mean, it it would, but it's not out yet. Uh, we don't have we don't have lineups for the Red Sox or the Angels yet. My guess is we probably get them in the second hour of the show. So maybe maybe we'll be able to give a, a statement a little bit more definitive. But I mean, come on, it's the Angels. Like, let's bet. Let's get, <laughs> bet on the positive momentum. Let's keep let's keep uh, let's keep it going. We have the Angels back up to a winning record. Man, that feels good. feels feels amazing to have. My, my Los Angeles Angels back with a winning record because we know the Kansas City Royals don't have a winning record. And actually, uh, the 43 wins by the Angels would have them in second place of the AL Central and would have them tied with the Blue Jays and the Yankees in the AL East. I, you know what? I know that uh, many important decision makers from Major League Baseball watch the show because they, they love all the stuff that Craig puts out. If the Angels are not buyers at this deadline... I'm going to lose my mind, Craig. Like, I, I am going to complete – like, baseball is I, – I am all in on this Shohei thing. This is, like, the most plugged in I've been into a baseball season in a long time because of the Shohei Otani experience. But if the Angels just let him hit 50 home runs and pitch 20 starts in an empty stadium in L.A. and don't try to get him any help, I mean, that's just going to break my heart, man. It is going to break my heart if, if you know – Jose Iglesias is batting cleanup for this team on September first. Like we can't have that. We can't have it.
2: Well, Trout will be back in a few weeks, so that's exactly. that's a big what I'm point. saying. But you know what's interesting? Inter- yeah. Well, what's interesting for them is that I don't know what they're going to do. I, my guess is you, you'll probably be rewarded because they will buy. But I, I suppose you could say, Davis, is there a team in baseball that you can look at? and identify exactly what they need more than the Angels. Like, it is all about the starting pitching. Like, you know exactly what they need. There is no differentiation. Walsh is great. Trout is great. Otani is great. But that's all they got. Like, they need two starters that can go six, seven innings every five days. And then Davis, they'll have a shot. I don't know if they'll make it, but they'll have a shot. They cannot roll this starting five out the rest of the season. I think that's the deal.
3: No, they can't. They can't. And I mean, again... I mean, what is? I, I think we looked at this in the preseason. The most innings Otani has ever thrown, w- what it was like one fourteen, maybe over in in the Nippon League. So, or or maybe it was one forty. But either way, it's going to be getting to September, and you're not really. I don't think they're going to want to throw Otani every fifth day. Like my my guess is is that he becomes a little bit more situational. So you might you're you're even talking about maybe adding two or three starting pitchers.
2: Yeah, they're going to have. They're not going to make it without doing that, even with Trout back. And and this is honestly the best spot that the Angels have been in in July in years. So you would think that they would at least give it their best shot with Otani doing what he's doing for sure. All right, our preview of DFS is next. Stay on the grid. Welcome back to fantasy sports today the first game on the board today actually was the first of two games between Cleveland and Tampa Bay they're playing in Tropicana field today and the Rays are already up three nothing why is this significant well the Rays called up their second most highly touted prospect behind Wander Franco his name is Vidal Brujan very well known player coming up through the years. And the made his Major League debut today, got a hit, stole a base, and the Rays are up 3-0. That's another name in fantasy that everyone will be adding this week in every league. The Rays, just amazing franchise, continue to do things and, and continue to win, although they've had a rough time over the last couple of weeks. All right, so in terms of DFS, Davis, we're, we're going back uh, here to the Wednesday slate, which, of course, is not going to be a full slate today. So before we start talking players, let's talk about your overall vision at Daily Roto for this Wednesday.
3: Well, this is uh, it's a pretty absurd slate because of the, the teams that are involved. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays have a 6.1 team total. No one else on the slate, no other team on the slate has a, a team total higher than 4.9. Uh, the San Diego Padres are matching up against Patrick Corbin who, you know, when you say the name Patrick Corbin, you think like, oh, you know, Patrick Corbin, good guy, like whatever. He has been just shelled this year, just like can't strike anyone out, given up home runs. So like at every position, basically you on our stuff on dailyroto.com, you are getting a Blue Jay or a Padre coming through as one of the best options. And that's obviously going to flow through into actual ownership. So at every position, you know, your Vlads, your Semians, your Burchettes, those guys are going to be really owned. Your Tatises, your Machados, your Trent Grishams, those guys are going to be really owned. So definitely, mm-hmm. I think a slate that will reward you for taking a stance on, you know, the Yankees, the Diamondbacks, the Giants, whoever it is that uh, you decide to lean on today.
2: All right, so let's take a look at starting pitching for today, and we'll start off with Philadelphia, and why not just continue the fade at this point, right? Zach Wheeler, 11,200 tonight against the Cubs. Luis Garcia, 9,700. UC Kikuchi, 9,000. And Alex Wood has had a weird season, Davis. Like, I know that he's your guy. Started off amazing. Completely went the other way. And now seems like I guess he's got it back here a little bit, but the Giants have uh, have been taken out by the Cardinals the last couple of days. But he is cheap, but hasn't, hasn't worked out all season, I would say. April good, May not so good, a little bit better in June. Weird year for him.
3: Yeah, it has been a weird year for him, but I, I actually think relative to what I expect ownership to be, um, I think that Alex Wood probably is going to be the best starting pitcher play of the day. Uh, on FanDuel, we have him projected for six less points than Zach Wheeler, but we also have him projected for you know a quarter of the ownership. Wheeler going to be very popular. Uh, Domingo Herman, who did not make our list, is going to be very popular. But what better way to fade the Yankees and to fade this uh, this resurgence for them, where where the sky is falling over Brooklyn? How about uh, how about you just play the starting pitcher going up against them, especially uh, a guy like Kikuchi who? No one ever plays Kikuchi. You know, every every time Kikuchi ever pitches, our numbers a daily road to like him. He does okay, but he just is never. Uh, he just is never owned. And then Luis Garcia. Um, you know, the the Athletics have a very low team total here, but I just don't have a I don't have a great feel for how good or how, how bad Luis Garcia is. I was maybe you have a little bit more of an opinion on that. And also these prospects, it's like how do we really know? But it, it does seem like he is in a good spot here.
2: Yeah, the plays on a good team. I mean, look, that's it. Uh, is he going to go more than five innings? No. Uh, will they score six runs for him? Maybe, and that's enough. You know, that's that's enough to take a shot. I think on a, on a pitcher like that. Uh, okay, over to first base and catcher we go. We got Max Muncy against the Marlins tonight. They're gonna they're gonna have a bullpen day. So I I think I think if I'm not mistaken, Ross Detweiler. He's a lefty. He's gonna. I think he's gonna start today. They haven't announced it yet. Reese Hoskins hit a, uh, another home run yesterday. I believe he has twenty now. He's had a great year. Thirty five hundred. Yuli Gurriel on Houston thirty three hundred, and then JT Realmuto. Well, clearly, the Phillies right now have found something offensively. They're scoring a ton of runs. He's at three thousand tonight.
3: I mean, look. Anytime the name Ross Detweiler. Gets thrown around you got to get you got to get pretty excited about the uh the opposing offense so uh definitely feeling good about the max muncie suggestion we are just back on the phillies today full on you know we are we are really trying to get after alec mills you know we are we want uh, i i think the phillies will be under projected relative to the blue jays to the dodgers and the padres so i think the phillies they were really chalky yesterday against jake Arietta they rewarded everyone with the 15 runs. I think they'll be a little bit less chalky, but basically in the same position. So we like Muncie, we like Hoskins. Guriel, I mean, I just like personally, I am just starting to consider Guriel in that like elite hitter category. I mean, he has done everything that you would want from a great hitter up into this point of the season. And then I was thinking, okay, if Hoskins ends up being a little bit chalk. Like there's no way people are not gonna roster Hoskins and Ramuto together. You know, play Ramuto in the Util. So your guy, you love JT Ramuto. Here we go. We got him onto the show. I think he's a, I think he's a good play tonight.
2: Finally. Took all year. All right, second base, Marcus Simeon, always a great play at forty two hundred. DJ LeMahieu of the Yankees. You see his salary starting to creep back up to where it was last year, twenty four hundred. Ty France, here he is again, twenty eight hundred. Gene Segura, twenty eight hundred. Wednesday's tough. Even with night games, because some teams are off Thursday, they may give guys day off. I don't know how that'll factor in today, but that's just something I'm keeping an eye on today too.
3: Yeah, that so that is that is true. We will definitely see some guys get the day off. But Segura has come back from the IL, has hit the ball basically the exact same that he did before. Marcus Semyon, you know, nothing nothing needs to be said about Marcus Semien. Like the Blue Jays have an insane team no. total. They're going up against Matt Harvey, who I mean. Like, why is Matt Harvey still pitching? Like, what? What? I just don't... does Matt Harvey not golf? Like, what? We can't We can't figure out something else for Matt Harvey to do. I mean, I guess the the Orioles are paying him a little bit, but I just... I don't feel like it can be fun. Like, I feel like Matt Harvey has got to be kind of like when he goes out and he remembers how great he used to be. Like, I feel like it's got to kind of be like a little bit depressing for him to just go out there and get shelled. D.J. LeMahieu, platoon advantage on our guy, Yusei Kikuchi. And then, of course... My man, Ty France, 2,800, love him against uh, Domingo Herman.
2: Yeah, it, it feels like Harvey Davis is pitching now because of what happened to him in the past with the injuries and just how some of the things he did off the field. He talked about that, like just kind of wanting to continue and make up for you know the rough times that he had toward the end of his Mets career. It's not happening. And also don't forget the Orioles had uh, Felix Hernandez in camp too. They did not roll him out for the season, by the way. Okay, third base, Manny Machado, 4000, Eduardo Escobar, not traded after all. That was a whiff. 3300, Kyle Seeger, 3000, and then look at this price on Alec Bohm. Why Davis? He has been, I mean, I don't know, the one of the biggest fantasy disappointments of the season that has not been injured. I I think that's fair to say. I think I saw he has a negative WAR, which means he can't play third or hit. I mean, that that to me that he to me is one of the bigger disappointments because again you have injuries and so we'll throw the guys who are hurt out like Trout is a big disappointment because he's hurt but like Boehm has played the whole year he just has done nothing.
3: Yeah, and uh, I I have some Alec Bohm, uh refractor rookie cards that are sitting at PSA that I'm like at this point I'm like just keep them like who cares just keep <laughs> them I don't I don't want them back you guys you guys can have them. Kyle Seeger talked about him yesterday, same situation. And again, eight games late, you know, and, and it also, again, you know, the Blue Jays are the top project literally at every position, first base, second base, third base, shortstop outfield. Blue Jays are the highest projected guys. That's true here with Vlad and, uh, and Kavan Vigio and Manny Machado is close to them. And I think that the popularity of Vlad and of Vigio does make Machado a little bit more interesting. Eduardo Escobar, I mean, I I can't even believe I'm going to say these words, but I actually think Andrew Senzatella is so bad that you can get away with like a 2% owned Arizona Diamondbacks stack on FanDuel tonight and just be like, you know what? That is a good plus EV wager for me to be making on FanDuel. Not, that, not necessarily you're going to get paid off, but I do think that is a, a reasonable allocation of your uh, of your money tonight.
2: Okay, and let's check in at shortstop, where Tatis, of course, is the highest-priced player on the board at forty-six hundred of the Padres. Trevor Story is four thousand. We have J.P. Crawford at twenty-nine hundred, and then Brendan Rodgers, who I feel like I've been waiting for for years, finally playing now seems to be seems to be playing every day and turning the corner. I don't know for. I mean, this was a very high pick for Colorado, um, but anyway, two two Rockies as potential here tonight.
3: Yep, because on the other side of that game, you know, we have uh you know, we have Hector Castellanos pitching. It's going to be I think a bullpen game probably for the Arizona Diamond. I mean, look, we, Craig and I we are deep, we are in the weeds. We do not have opinions on Hector Castellanos. So, no. uh and, and I think I think the Rockies this is generally like uh they have a, a 4.8 Team total on the road. Not very often you see the Rockies with that high of a team total on the road. You are right about Brendan Rodgers. I mean, he is turning it around ever so slightly. Uh, He has got up to 140 plate appearances this year, five home runs, only an 18% K rate, pretty solid for him. JP Crawford, just another value option. And then I was just looking at the shortstop position. Obviously, Tatis, phenomenal play. Obviously, Marcus Semien, Bo Trey Turner, all these guys, great plays. I think that Trevor Story is legitimately going to be like 2% owned on FanDuel tonight. And, I mean, one thing I know about Trevor Story is that that dude can pour it on. When he is up against a bad bullpen, you know, like that, he just like three home runs, two home runs, and a solid base. Like Trevor Story loves to pour it on. That's like what he does.
2: All right, let's move over to the outfield. And, uh, look, you you have to play uh, Jordan Alvarez tonight. Are you kidding me? Two home runs yesterday. This guy's had such a good year, 3,900. I think this is one of the highest prices I've seen him this year. Juan Soto, 3,600. Cody Bellinger, if you look at his numbers, they don't look great. But two nights in a row, Davis, he nearly hit a home run. And I'm talking nearly. So I think that this is a good play today. i circle him 3,500. Mullins is always good at 3,400. And then Randall Gritchuk, again, got to make sure he's playing tonight for Toronto. If he is, he's 3,100.
3: Yeah, so I I agree with everything that you just said. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is is absolutely melting the ball right now. It just feels like I mean I don't know. Imagine trying to throw a fastball to Jordan Alvarez right now could not could not be me. I just I just don't know how that goes. Juan Soto, thirty six hundred. We had this conversation for a little bit yesterday, but basically, you know, I think. That, uh, like, if uh, imagine a world where FanDuel set the prices at the beginning of the year and then never change them based on matchup or anything. Juan Soto would be a $4,000 player or a $4,100 player. So he's below that baseline. That means we buy. I think Bellinger is below that baseline. So I think that we need a buy. And then Baltimore is probably the most fascinating team of the slate because they don't really have a difficult matchup against Hinge and Ryu, and they are in that same crazy run environment that the Toronto Blue Jays are that boosts them all the way up. So I, I actually think the Orioles in these games against the Blue Jays and just in general Blue Jays' opposition get a little bit under because they're in the same run environment. They just don't have you know, that same uh, sticker cachet that, uh, that the Blue Jays have.
2: All right, so there's your look at DFS for the 7th of July 2021. We'll do it again tomorrow for sure. Coming up after the break, we'll get a preview of the Euro Cup. We've got the semifinals getting ready to start, so we'll discuss that next. In addition to that, would you believe in an afternoon show, we've had, let's see here, it looks like three, four, uh, four we have eight eight runs scored in two games today. And uh, and you're going to be surprised, by the way, with the with first of all my under in this uh, Atlanta Pirates. Just forget all that advice because that's going over. But would you believe that the Pirates are on the board? Get to that next. up here semi-final uh, before we do that just a quick update the Braves scored one run in the top of the first inning on the Pirates and then Drew Smiley gave up a three run home run to Jacob Stallings Pirates lead three to one after an inning all right uh, Davis let's uh, turn it back over to you we got the Euro Cup today England and Denmark let's let's give out an opinion on the game today
3: you know, Denmark, amazing story, right? Their their tournament begins in tragedy. Christian Eriksson has a heart attack. They're their best player. You know, their their anchor. They give up the goal in that game to Finland. They lose. They, they fight their way back. They advance. Uh, you know, they played some very difficult games. They get a win uh, against the Czech Republic. I mean, you know what? To be honest, Denmark had about the easiest path to a semifinal that you could ever have against Wales and then against the Czech Republic. Neither of those teams are. Particularly strong, I do think the betting markets have this one right. I think England is significantly better. I think Denmark is going to have a very difficult time scoring here. I think the right way to bet this is, honestly, I do think you probably lay the juice with the to qualify for England, so that's about minus 280 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. There also is uh, England minus one, draw no bet. Which is basically mm-hmm. if the gift, you know if it ends zero zero one one you get your refund and England minus one draw no bet is about plus one forty on the FanDuel sportsbook I like that one as well but it, this should be a great game and uh, you know the English people they are they are super pumped they are super excited about uh, about this game
2: all right so that will be starting very shortly of course we have another hour to go here on the show so what we're going to do is take a break. We'll have Chris's update at the top of the hour. We'll come back and hear from Giannis about his injury and what we can expect moving forward. And then we dive a little deeper into fantasy football as the uh, Scott Fishbowl League, which Davis is participating in. Davis has made four picks over the last 24 hours, so we'll get an update on his team. And then our final look at 2021's best ball fantasy football previews is here. Unless we decide to do Green Bay, Uh, (laughs) we have the Washington football team. And we'll talk about them as well. So hour one is done, but hour two is next. Stay on the grid.